Alright folks, I'm gonna read this article, well I guess a few articles. Uh, volcano related news. Okay, <clears throat> this is from CNN. Lake Mead water crisis is exposing volcanic rock from eruptions 12 million years ago. Lake Mead's falling water level has exposed several shocking things in recent months. Previously sunken boats, old warship, <clears throat> warships, and human remains. Now scientists are reporting a new discovery on Lake Mead's dry bed. Rocks laced with volcanic ash that rained down on southern Nevada during explosive er eruptions roughly 12 million years ago. The record low water levels are exposing sedimentary rocks that haven't been haven't been seen since the 1930s when the Hoover Dam was built and Lake Mead filled. Isn't that funny that just the other day I was it was yesterday I was listening to some fucking story a creation myth from somewhere after I'll have to find it but basically they were saying how the gods in order to to calm down this dragon that lived in a mountain filled the top of that mountain lake with mead isn't that interesting and when the dragons drank the mead they grew tired and fell into a long slumber okay that's the story this right here says hoover dam built 1930s and lake mead filled it's just interesting is all i'm saying among these rocks researchers with the university of nevada in las vegas found ash deposits from volcanoes in idaho wyoming and california we knew that these ash units existed, but we were surprised to find so many as the Lake Mead water level lowered, said Eugene Smith, an emeritus professor of geology at UNLV and co-author of the study. <clears throat> emeritus, I don't know, oregano, oregano. The West's climate change-fueled drought and overuse of the Colorado River's water has pushed Lake Mead levels to unprecedented lows. Unprecedented lows. The West's climate change-fueled drought and overuse of the Colorado River's water has pushed, pushed Lake Mead levels to unprecedented, unprecedented lows. As of September, the lake's water level was just... 1,045 feet above sea level, or around 27% of full capacity. Hmm. Scientists are taking advantage of the low levels to study sediment that hasn't been exposed in nearly a century. Okay, I will say that uh, all the stuff happening and all these motherfucking scientists pointing their fingers straight fingers straight to climate change i'm just saying it's 
I'm not saying that it's not climate change, but I don't think it's just climate change. I think they know something else is going on, but they're not going to give us that detail, the full story. They're just going to give us this, oh, it's climate change, human man-produced climate change. I mean, I'm not saying we don't fuck shit up. I, we do fuck shit up. We we do cause pollution and just take shit from the earth. We do that. But, I mean, unless these motherfuckers in charge are like fucking geniuses, you know, so-called experts, or... They have been lying for so long and acting for so long. They are running out of stories, out of lies, out of everything. They're 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 hitting. At least that's what I feel like is. Because all the stuff they're showing on the news about climate change related issues like droughts, floods, all the stuff. Okay, that's fine. I'm not saying this shit hasn't happened since the beginning of fucking the formation of this earth. But this whole thing that it was all this is happening because of man, I think is bullshit. Because once again, in order to make that claim, it's, it's a dick measuring contest. It's always a dick measuring contest. It's the developed countries, if you watch their news, mostly Western news media, everything happening around the world, they will portray as, I'm just saying, like, if you, if, if you have heard about the book, The Invention of the White Race by Theodore W. Allen, once you have... Once you know that, once you have that knowledge in your head now, and now you look at everything produced by Western news and media, I'm just saying, it either Hollywood has everybody in their pockets as actors, or, or at least the elite upper class, the ones who produce the news and media, because it's only owned by five companies in in America, in the West. It's only owned by like five companies. So, if they are all... I mean, if not if, it's not if. They are. Every motherfucker is pushing this climate change message. With lots of video footage and pictures of places getting fucked up. Okay? So... I'm just, my question is, I mean, they're, okay, all the stuff about the zodiacs and the place the earth is in space during what time of the year and all this stuff, okay? Okay, fine. So, if we're saying now that earth is actually influenced by all these other things that surround this plasma universe 
because this is all energy. If that's if that's the claim, <laughs> then uh, it's like saying it's like this argument of the let's say the rat going up to the train uh, line, the rail. And, and you know, coming up with all kinds of theories about what that could be. Right? But let's say now you come up to the level of a train conductor consciousness. <laughs> now, the way the rat explained that whole picture versus how that train conductor is going to explain what his job is. It's a completely different perspective, story, angle, right? It changes everything. So... I'm saying, I think there are people who know certain things about how this universe, reality, nature works. And I, I do think they know about all this volcanic stuff. Because if you, if you, if you really just kind of take a step back and look at the Bible in a very, like, uh, if you try to break it down logically, different, based on different, like, subjects, genres, uh, whatever. I mean, you can, if you, if you, if you put on the geologist glasses and look at the Bible, I mean, you can definitely see that whoever put these stories together had some knowledge of geology, of how all this works. So, I'm just saying, okay. As of September, the lake's water level was just 1,045 feet above sea level, or around 27% of full capacity. I'm just saying, Bill Gates is buying up all that farmland in order to produce crops. You need a lot of fresh water. Scientists are taking advantage of how level, low levels of study sediment that hasn't been exposed in Sorry, scientists are taking advantage of the low levels to study sediment that hasn't been exposed in nearly a century. Smith's research team found white to gray colored volcanic ash weaving through the formerly submerged rocks. They took samples back to their lab to pinpoint the source of the ash, but it wasn't from a single eruption. Oh, it wasn't from a single eruption. Look at that. Just like the ground beef you get isn't from a single cow. <laughs> they found evidence of several volcanic blasts millions of years ago from places like the Snake River, Yellowst Snake River Plain Yellowstone area. A tract of inactive volcanoes that stretches across Idaho along the Snake River and into what is now Yellowstone National Park and Eastern California. They also found ash from eruptions only 32,000 years ago, which is not so long ago in the geological timescale. Yeah, I'm just saying, if you, whenever they say millions or billions of years ago, just look at, just visualize that image, just picture that image like tree rings. So you are the center point of 
this thought taking place of because you just observed this rock or whatever and then you just had this thought in your head oh this must have happened however millions of years ago so you are the center point and take the millions of years ago as tree rings from the center point or ripples in water whatever you prefer and basically time so they they it's it's interesting in in all this science stuff they'll show time linear as a line right started over here and then now we're over here but in fact time doesn't work like that in fact time is circular in fact the thing we use to measure time the thing we observe to measure time is a circle the sun the earth is a circle well i mean it's a it's a what's the term um oval sphere right the moon is circular volcanic craters are circular <laughs> the the sundial is basically you are tracking the sun's position in the sky throughout the day and that is also circular so this whole notion of time as linear is basically dick measuring it's it's a man usually old white man who defined time this way which is if we're going to get technical to the source go back to the source is it was the pope the pope is the motherfucker who determined the current calendar we use the gregorian calendar which is basically how to view a it's is basically like a fucking chart on how you can view time basically right like i keep saying time is not linear okay like uh, mr mufasa <laughs> said this circle of life right it is a fucking cycle okay it wasn't from a single eruption they found okay it did all that geological time scale okay they also found ash from eruptions only 32,000 years ago okay also in the bible it says to god a thousand years is like a day or a day is like a thousand years so it's time you have to view it as water ripples tree rings okay because who is the motherfucker that is asking what time is it bitch it's you you are the center point from which you measure so if there's no you there's no need for time time doesn't exist it's an invention of human of the human mind to okay jake lowenstern a research geologist with the u.s geological survey who is not involved with the study told cnn that studying volcanic eruptions of the past can help can help paint a picture of future risk the latest discovery in lake mead may be one of the better con collections of volcanic ash from that period of time lowenstern said and it will be important in allowing us to reconstruct the geological history of the region and to understand the frequency of large volcanic eruptions and their impact on the southwest
ash from even moderately explosive volcanic eruptions can travel hundreds of miles, blanketing areas as far away as several meters with heavy material. Recent eruptions have showed a couple of millimeters of damp ash can disrupt electricity transmission. And when inhaled, the tiny but sharp grains in the ash pose a significant health risk. Volcanoes are basically Earth's recyclers. Okay, they are the ones who... It's, a volcano is basically the volume knob. The, the Goldilocks three bears, not too hot, not too cold, just right. Okay, the volcano is the is the one who determines the temperature of this planet symbolically speaking i'm not i'm i'm not symbolically speaking okay volcanoes created the atmosphere because of the gases that it, it let out well this is what scientists are saying so i'm just repeating it so logically speaking no volcano no life on earth so equal so so therefore God is a volcano, right? Genesis 1 is a time-lapse. Orogenesis. Lava song from the movie Moana. That is the book of Genesis. It even says in the song, and then, um, and then uh, the volcano, what was his name? He named the animals. Adam means red earth. Okay. significant health risk okay so volcanoes are the earth's recyclers so if you look at crystals now crystals are basically different material that got recycled by the earth and based on the type of material whatever it got when when it got crystallized it produces you know it has a certain color tinge whatever characteristic in the rock so technically speaking we are crystals we are stardust we are we are made up of earth motherfucker this earth gaia god made man from the earth the dust of the ground From dust you came, and to dust you shall return, said Pele, goddess. Goddess Pele, said uh, Yahweh, who lived in a volcano, said King Arthur, who lived in a volcano. It's like, come on, man. Like We took nature symbols and just, okay. These Ashfall events, there's a movie, Korean movie called Ashfall. These ashfall events can disrupt transportation and supply networks, close airports, and potentially be a health hazard, Smith said. No shit, Agent Smith. Potentially be a health hazard. Okay. Well, I guess unless... I guess, yeah. If, if you have... If you're pre prepared, I guess, it won't be as bad. Okay. It's important for local governments to develop plans to deal with this sort of event, like they have for earthquakes and flooding. Smith said that their latest analysis could help society prepare for future volcanic events, even if from faraway volcanoes 
as well as present and future climate change. Studying the past is the key to understanding the future, Smith said. By understanding past volcanic events, we can better understand how a future event may affect a large metropolitan area. We can also develop plans to deal with a volcanic eruption when one occurs in the future. I mean, honestly, if a volcano goes off, if all the volcanoes on this planet went off, there's nothing you can do. There's no scientist, there's no expert, there's no man, there's no God, no Jesus, no Savior, no Messiah that can come and save your ass, motherfucker. There's no, there's not going to be no giant motherfucking eagles like in Lord of the Rings to come take your ass to safety from, the, from Mount Doom. There's none of that. When? It, you know the little snow globes? Yeah. That's what this planet is. That's what the atmosphere is. This, this planet's atmosphere is glass. Made up of glass, okay? And let's say all the volcanoes started going off inside that sphere, that glass. What the fuck do you think would happen to that glass? How come these other planets have atmospheres that are just crazy for any sort of human life? Or no atmosphere at all? Like the moon, because it's dead, apparently. Or it's like. I'm not gonna get into that, but okay. There's that one. Let's read another one. US's largest research vessel to drill undersea Santorini volcano. Why are they gonna do this? From mid-December 2022 to mid-February 2023, the largest U.S. research vessel, Joides Resolution, will conduct offshore drilling around Santorini Volcano. The vessel will carry out six underwater drillings at depths never before explored, the goal is to reveal valuable information about the geological history of the volcanic complex of Christiana, Santorini, and Colombo. This volcanic field in the Aegean Sea is one of the most active volcano tectonic linements in Europe. This volcanic field in the Aegean Sea is one of the most active volcano tectonic linements in Europe. It is located in a 60-kilometer-long southwest-northeast-oriented rift zone and comprises the Christiana Islets, the Santorini Caldera, the submarine Colombo Volcano, and the Colombo Chain consisting of 24 submarine cones. That means 24 underwater volcanoes. The Aegean Sea. Interesting. If you... If you, if you think of the tectonic plates as the giant Amazon lily pads, right? So these giant Amazonian lily pads, when, they, when one overlaps another, you can think of it as a tectonic plate. Okay. Christiana is a group of three volcanic Greek islets in the Cyclades. Interesting. Three volcanic islands. The Trinity. 
The group is located about 16 kilometers southwest of Santorini, about 10 miles, while Colombo is about 5 miles nearest of Santorini's Cape Colombo. The purpose of the mission is to obtain geological information about the volcanic field. To achieve this, scientists plan to collect sediment cores through the volcanic layers of the seabed as part of the International Ocean Discovery Program, IODP. The ship intend to depart from the Spanish port of Tarragona in early December of 2022, and the scientists will continue their work until February 5th, 2023. I will say, I just think this is very, I just, this this thought kept coming to my mind because, so the Samson movie I talked about before one of my podcasts, being directed by Sergei Bodrov, a Russian director, in, on the, I guess the studio's website where they put the project up with some details about it it says on the top it's like 300 meets Braveheart okay like I'm just saying because that specific phrase is because I talked about it before my script on the movie Samson and I said it was like 300 and Braveheart coming together so I just thought that was very interesting. Either I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Maybe I can work on that movie. Anyways, mission will be accompanied by a scientific exhibition. The first step of the mission is to inform the residents of Santorini and the wider public about its scientific objectives, objectives, and IODP. To this end, the team is organizing an interactive scientific exhibition entitled Searching for the Secrets of the Earth. <clears throat> that sounds very exciting, actually. It kind of sounds like the that one movie, uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Searching for the Secrets of the Earth. Hey, man, if you guys ever need a photographer or something, or like if you guys need some BTS behind-the-scenes footage... Let me know. I'd love to. Okay. <laughs> the exhibition, with the support of the municipality of Thera, will last from October 17 to 23rd. Scientists from the mission will be giving public lectures after. This will offer participants the opportunity to learn about the history and scientific goals of IODP, as well as the research mission that will take place this winter. They can also take a virtual tour of the Joide Resolution Research Vessel to understand the geological history of Santorini, Christiana, and Columba Volcanoes. Columbo Volcanoes. Didn't, um... Didn't, uh... Oh, yeah, Stromboli was the one that erupted recently. Santorini is in uh, Greece, I think, right? Okay, where was I? During during the week after the exhibition opening, residents and students from schools in Santorini and 
Terracia will have the chance to visit the ex exhibition and learn about IODP marine research and what scientists hope to learn from the sediments obtained. In addition, there will be a, there will be able to see a 3D model of the seabed around Santorini and the opportunity to examine microfossil shells under a microscope. Um, young enthusiasts can moreover take their own paper model of the Joide resolution as well as as well to make at home. There will be a change to speak chance to speak. Whoever wrote this did, does not okay. Just do a spell check fucking thing on this thing, man. There will be a chance to speak with scientists participating in the expedition too, each one explaining his or her specialty. Example, geologists, paleontologists, geophysicists, volcanologists, etc. Furthermore, a large inflatable model of the U.S. research vessel will also be waiting for students to explore. According to Evi Nomiku, Associate Professor at the Department of Geology and Geoenvironment of the University of Athens and participant in the scientific team of the research program said, Informing the local community is an important part of the mission. Its goal is not only to solve questions about the ship that will be seen in their area in the coming days, but also to spread knowledge. Knowledge. Okay, idea behind U.S. research vessels drilling in Santorini Volcano. The story of the mission began four years ago. A group of Greek and foreign scientists submitted to IODP a proposal for the Realization of underwater research drilling in the volcanic complex of Santorini. The IODP accepted the proposal and scientists are now ready to launch the mission. The oceanographic expedition will take place with the research vessel Joides Resolution over a period of two months from mid-December to mid-February, stated Nomiku. The vessel will carry out six subsea drillings, two inside the caldera, at a depth depth of up to 360 meters from the bottom surface and another four at a depth of up to 860 meters in the Christiana Islands in the northwest side of the Colombo volcano in the Anafi Basin and the Basin of Amorgos. U.S. research vessel to obtain valuable evidence about Santorini Volcano I just think it's interesting that it's a U.S. research vessel. Who is funding this research and why are they interested in this stuff, huh? What? Okay, the Santorini Volcano has been studied by scientists since the 19th century. However, there are many questions still unanswered. Little information is also available about Greece's Columba volcano and the Christiana volcanic islets. To give answers to the geological history of the volcanic field, each drilling will extract hundreds of meters of sediment from the seabed, which in scientific terms is called a core. Each layer of the seabed has a specific age and has come from a specific event. The advantage of studying underwater sediments is that they are undisturbed. They will reveal to us the geological history of the area. Answers to the Minoan eruption. 
Santorini was once home to a glorious Minoan civilization along the slopes of a volcano with palatial homes, statuary, mosaics, and paintings. However, it was destroyed by a volcanic event in the year 1650 BC. The eruption of the island, which was originally called Strongili, or Round, huh, Strongili, or Round, decimated all life on the island and erased an entire city-state that was part of the Minoan civilization. Yeah, I think that probably was Atlantis. I think Atlantis is on the bottom of the Mediterranean see okay miss nomiku highlights that the mission will give more insights on the minoan eruption we will we will be able to see how big the minoan eruption was since we will estimate <clears throat> the volume of volcanic material around santorini but also what was the order of the eruptions she adds we will study the history dynamics and hazards of the undersea undersea eruptions of Kameni and Colombo. There are many sp scientific questions we have to which we hope we will get answers. Further understanding of the Christiana Colombo volcanoes. <sighs> Our understanding of the Christiana Colombo volcanoes has so far been incomplete. The mission therefore seeks to offer scientists further understanding. It's like repeating the same fucking. The active submarine volcano Colombo and the Christian Islets are part of the Santorini volcano. Colombo is located. Okay. Okay. The it's like just repeating the same thing. Fucking okay. Uh, the crater floor. Colombo is located about eight kilometers northwest northeast of Cape Colombo, Santorini Island, the largest of a line of about twenty submarine volcanic cones extending to the northeast from Santorini. It's about 3 kilometers in diameter with a crater 1.5 kilometers across. The crater floor, in particular, in its northern part, contains a large and very active high-temperature fumarole field. The crater of the volcano is a small caldera, which could have been formed during the volcano's only known but very violent last eruption which occurred in 1650 AD. I don't know how they like figured that out, like what year they erupted, but I mean... The volcano was discovered when it breached the sea surface in 1649 or 50. Once again, like how the fuck, did, how did they, how do they know that? The Smithsonian Institution's Global Volcanism Program treats it as part of the Santorini volcano. However, other scientists maintain that it could be a separate magmatic system. That explains nothing. Christiani is a set of Greek islands in the Cyclades. They are uninhabited volcanic islets about 10 miles southwest of Santorini. It's like, what? why do they keep Okay, the cluster consists of three islands. Islet Christiani is the northernmost of the cluster. It's located nine miles southwest of Acra, Acrotiri on Santorini. Ascania, the second island, is smaller than the previous. It's located south southeast. 
Finally, the Escathi Island is the southernmost of the cluster. Work at Special Laboratory. A team of 30 scientists aboard the research vessel will study each core the team manages to retrieve. The vessel has its own specialized lab laboratory ab aboard. There, scientists, scientists will analyze on a 24-7 basis the nuclei of sedimentary sampled from the sea bottom. This will allow them to reach scientific conclusions regarding how the eruptions in the past played out and how they might occur in the future. The results will come out before the mission is completed. The results will come out before the... Okay, explains. Every mission which the U.S. research vessel conducts is an investment of around 10 million pounds. IODP covers the amount, so that's the reason why. It's an investment for research and development. I would probably think these people are onto something. U.S. research vessel to use innovative technology at Santorini Volcano. Even the whole like uh, science of uh, just fucking um, getting oil out of the earth, it requires a lot of science, a lot of knowledge to be able to do that. It's basically my question is how do they? How does one go about finding different minerals? You know, in different parts of the world, do they are they constantly out looking for shit or like stuff? Do they like someone finds something by accident and then somebody hears about it and then it's like, how do you know which part of the world, where, under what type of land has what type of like like? It's interesting. Okay, according to Miss Nomiku. The team will place robotic machines inside Colombo to monitor its activity in late November. What is more, research won't limit itself to sediments. We have collected microbiological material on which we perform DNA and RNA analysis. We are constantly learning about volcano bacteria in Colombo and Caldera. Santorini has a complex geological history. In recent decades, the University of Athens has been using Innovative technologies in collaboration with leading foreign universities. Their aim was to reveal the geological history of the island's volcano and assess its and assess its risk. We have not yet understood what is happening at great depth. We have mostly recorded the surface and still don't know what the volcanic centers have to do with each other. Hopefully, we will get answers to some of these questions through the mission. And even if you do get the answers, who who says you're going to share it with the world? Scientists from the mission want to be able not only want to be able not only understand what forces regulate the eruptions of the Santorini volcanic complex, but also to predict its future activity and widespread impacts. Well, good luck on predicting when a volcano is going to erupt, because. Uh... Um, then you'd be, uh, then you'd be more important than the Pope. So, let me see. 
Okay, to end, I'm going to read. So on BibleGateway.com, if you just in the search area, just type in Fire Mountain. And then it will show all the different verses with those words in those verses. Okay, so I'm just going to read them. Exodus 19.18 Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace, and the whole mountain trembled violently. Exodus 24.17 to the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Deuteronomy 4.11 You came near and stood at the foot of the mountain while it blazed with fire to the very heavens with black clouds and deep darkness. Deuteronomy 5.4 The Lord spoke to you face to face out of the fire on the mountain. Sounds like a shaman talking to a volcano. Deuter Deuteronomy 5.5 5. At that time I stood between the Lord and you to declare to you the word of the Lord, because you were afraid of the fire and did not go up the mountain. Okay, Deuteronomy 5.22 These are the commandments the Lord proclaimed in a loud voice to your whole assembly there on the mountain from out of the fire the cloud and the deep darkness, and he added nothing more. Then he wrote them on two stone tablets and gave them to me. Deuteronomy 5.23 When you heard the voice out of the darkness while the mountain was ablaze with fire, all the leaders of your tribes and your elders came to me. So basically, volcano sacrifices. Because uh, the ice, ice age had to... Uh, and somehow, right? So how do you melt ice? You turn up the heat. So let's say now we look at uh, all these stories and mythologies and whatnot from all kinds of places all over the world where they would sacrifice motherfuckers to volcanoes. Right? They would sacrifice all kinds of stuff. They still do. Right? They Fruits, animals, whatever. Back in the day, imagine if shit got real desperate. So volcanoes popping off all over the world, suns blocked out. Right? The the remember the what year was it? The year something nineteen? Something. No, it was uh, the year with no summer. Right? When the scream painting with the red skies and all that stuff. So it was like. When shit got desperate, there's no sunlight, nothing growing, shit's dying, drought, famine, every like ash, killing everything. The the ten plagues, right? Yeah, what do you do? You go sacrifice the the most whatever. You will sacrifice your own fucking heart to to uh stop this chaos basically. Okay. Deuteronomy 9.10 The Lord gave me two stone tablets inscribed by the finger of God. On them were all the commandments the Lord proclaimed to you on the mountain out of the fire on the day of the assembly. Deuteronomy 9.15 So I turned and went down from the mountain while it was ablaze with fire, 
and the two tablets of the covenant were in my hands. It's like the scene from Finding Nemo, the when they were initiating Nemo, the fire, the volcano, through the volcano, he had to swim through the <laughs> bubbles. Okay, uh, where was I? Deuteronomy 9.21 Shark bait, hoo-ha-ha. Okay, also I took... Also, I took that sinful thing of yours, the calf you had made, and burned it in the fire. Then I crushed it and ground it to powder as fine as dust, and threw the dust into a stream that flowed down the mountain. Okay, Deuteronomy 10.4 The Lord wrote on these tablets what he had written before, the Ten Commandments he had proclaimed to you on the mountain, out of the fire, on the day of the assembly. Deuteronomy 32.22 for a fire will be kindled by my wrath, one that burns down to the realm of the dead below. Shamanism. It will devour the earth and its harvests and set afire the foundations of the mountains. That one's kind of scary, huh? Deuteronomy 32.22 Especially if you live close to a volcano. Psalm 83.14 as fire consumes the forest, or a flame sets the mountains ablaze. Okay, Joel 2.5 Joel With a noise like that of chariots, they leap over the mountains like a crackling fire consuming stubble like a mighty army. Okay. The mountains, Micah 1.4 The mountains melt beneath him, and the valleys split apart like wax before the fire, like water rushing down a slope. And this is uh, Hebrews 12.18. This is the New Testament. The mountain of fear and the mountain of joy. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire. To darkness, gloom, and storm. Huh, Hebrews. Okay. Well, those were the verses. Um... Well, I already shared another one about the unicorns. The Bible Gateway, just look up the word unicorn. And for the translation, do the King James Version. And do unicorn. And let's see what comes up. <laughs> well, actually, here, I could do it. Unicorn. Okay. And then it's not going to work in any other version except the King James Version. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. Okay. Unicorn King James Version. Daniel 8.5 And as I was considering, behold, an he-goat came from the west on the face of the whole earth and touched not the ground. And the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. Numbers twenty three twenty two, God brought them out of Egypt. He hath, as it were, the strength of an unicorn. Numbers twenty four eight, God brought him forth out of Egypt. He hath, as it were, the strength of an unicorn. He shall eat up the nations, his enemies, and shall break their bones and pierce them through with his arrows. Deuteronomy thirty three seventeen, his glory is like 
the firstling of his bullock, and his horns are like the horns of unicorns. With them he shall push the people together to the ends of the earth, and they are the ten thousands of Ephraim, and they are the thousands of Manasseh. You guys ever watch that movie, The White Unicorn? The White, or was it The Last Unicorn? I think it was The Last Unicorn. The Last Unicorn. It's a cartoon film that came out in 1982. It's a American-Japanese animated fantasy film about a unicorn who, upon learning that she is the last of her species on Earth, goes on a quest to find out what has happened to the others of her kind. I'm just saying this, I'm just bringing this up because... um, a lot of the stuff I was looking at about the horses have or mention uh, unicorns also. So, well, and then now I find out that the Bible mentions unicorns also. So it's just, uh, okay, Job 39.9. Will the unicorn be willing to serve thee or abide by thy crib? Job 39.10. Canst thou bind the unicorn with his band in the furrow, or will he harrow the valleys after thee? Psalm twenty two twenty one Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast hearth for thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorns. Shamanism? Is this shamanism? The flying magic horse? Okay, Psalm twenty nine six. I'm just I mean, obviously, that's what I think, but he maketh them also to skip like a calf, Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. Psalm 92.10 But my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of an unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Hmm. This, okay, Isaiah... (laughs) Isaiah 34, 7. And the unicorns shall come down with them, and the bullocks with the bulls, and their land shall be soaked with blood, and their dust made fat with fatness. I, I do want to say this, this like when, it, when I read, when I read like King James Version, it does have a more poetic flow to it. It has more of that kind of older, ancient, poetic vibe to it. Okay. Another thing I wanted to say, this whole thing with the pillar of light and and pillar of or pillar of fire and pillar of of cloud or darkness by night. But anyways, I wanted to bring this up again because it's just very interesting on because the the location and the stories and the silk road and geography it just kind of okay so the turfan volcano the turfan volcano also volcano of ho chechu Okay, or Bish Balik. 
is a volcano near the city of Turpan, Xinjiang. It lies within the Flaming Mountains. Eruptions were recorded during the Song Dynasty, with reports of frequent smog from the volcano on cloudless days and a nighttime blaze like a torch in around 1120. Okay? Flaming Mountains. Yeah, didn't... Uh, wasn't there some movie that... No, okay, sorry. Um, flaming Mountains. The Flaming Mountains or Huyoyan, Huyoyan Mountains are barren, eroded, red sandstone hills in the Tian, Tian Shan of Xinjiang. Okay, remember I had said something about, mentioned something about Tian Shan. The Tian Shan, also known as Tengri Tag or Tengir Tu, meaning the mountains of heaven or the heavenly mountain, is a large system of mountain ranges located in Central Asia. The highest peak is the, in the Tian Shan is Jengish Chokusu. Okay, so there was... There's also something connected with Genghis Khan on a mountain peak in this area. Okay, uh, let me see. Um, okay, they lie near the northern rim of the Taklamakan Desert and east of the city of Turpan. They are striking gullies and trenches caused by erosion of the red sandstone bedrock give the mountains a flaming appearance at certain times of the day. Silk Route In ancient times, the merchant traders traversing the Silk Route in Southeast Asia avoided the mountains by stopping at oasis towns such as Goachang, built on the desert's rim at the foot of the Flaming Mountains and near an important mountain pass. Okay. Mythology. Yeah, okay. So this is where it's interesting. According to the classical novel Journey to the West, the Monkey King created a disturbance in the heavens and knocked over a kiln causing embers to fall from the sky to the place where the flaming mountains are now. Okay? Monkey King. Fire came out of the monkey's head is a song by the gorillas. The princess Iron Fan possessed the magical Iron Fan and used it to remove the fire on the flaming mountains. Though, since she only fanned once each time, it would only able to be removed for a year before the fire started again. Was she like a shamaness blacksmith? She stole fire from the gods? She figured out coal to forge weapons? Okay. The pilgrims encounter an extremely hostile range of volcanic mountains and can only pass if the volcanoes became become inactive. Her fan, made from banana leaves, is extremely large and has magical properties, as it can create giant whirlwinds. Using this advantage, she made the residents near, near there revere her as their goddess, and they would have to give her some food if they want her to solve their problem about the flaming mountains. 
Okay, when I read like stories like this about mythology, right, it makes me think of the game Black and White. If you ever played the game Black and White, it's an old game where basically you're a god on a island and you have to take care of your citizens and all that shit. I'm just saying, it's just interesting. In a Uyghur legend, a dragon lived in the Tian Shan Mountains. Because the dragon ate little children, a Uyghur hero slew the dragon and cut it into eight pieces. The dragon's blood turned into a scarlet mountain of blood and the eight pieces became the eight valleys in the flaming mountains. You see what I'm saying? This is like lava song Moana. Okay, let's see. Yeah, so I'm going to have to look up the Song Dynasty, Turpan Volcano, smoke from the volcano on cloudless days and a nighttime blaze like a torch. Okay, then you add in the star-shaped towers of the Himalayas. Yeah, the Himalayan towers, also called stone star-shaped towers, are stone tower houses built for defensive purpose found mostly in Kham, a region of Tibet, as well as in the area inhabited by the modern Qiang people and in the historical region inhabited by the Tanguts. In Psalms, Apparently, King David takes refuge in some sort of tower. These towers are also, I think, mentioned or shown in Lord of the Rings. Remember the tower Gandalf was locked up on top of? Also, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. She was also on a top, on top of a tower, right? Okay, the Turfan Depression. Uh, also called Turpan Basin, deep mountain basin in the Uyghur Autonomous Region of Xinjiang, Northwest China. The Turfan Depression is a fault trough, descending ultimately to 508 feet below sea level, whereas the neighboring Tarim River and Lop Nur... Okay, blah, 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 blah. I want to read the... Stories. Anyway, I I I bring that up because pillar of light verse. Okay, so this is from Exodus thirteen twenty one. By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. The Flaming Mountains, Tarpon Volcano, Silk Road, um, Tian Shan, or was it, yeah, let me see. History. 
trying to find um, Genghis Khan's mountain. I, f I forget. Genghis Khan. Famous mountain. Oh, yeah. The Borkhan Khaldun. That's the one. Okay. The Borkhan Khaldun is one of the Kenti Mountains in the Kenti province of northeastern Mongolia. The mountain or its locality is believed to be the birthplace of Genghis Khan as well as his tomb. Oh yeah, that's right. It's, it's also his tomb, but they don't know where. Obviously, they they didn't tell him where they where they buried him. It is also the birthplace of one of, one of the most successful generals, Subutai. The mountain is part of the 12,000 square kilometers Khan Kenti strictly protected area established in 1992. It has strong religious significance before Genghis Khan made it a powerful landmark and it is and it and is considered the most sacred mountain in Mongolia since it was designated as sacred by Genghis Khan. It was inscribed at as a UNESCO World Heritage Site on 4th July 2015 under the title Great Burkhan Khaldun Mountain and its surrounding sacred landscape. Okay, anyways, let me see. History, yeah, that's what I want to... Okay. History. Genghis Khan lost his battle against the Merkit uh, and escaped death by seeking protection in the sacred precincts of the Burkhan Khaldun Mountains. Kind of sounds like David when he was fleeing King Saul. An old woman saved him and a few others as a mark of their... Of, as mark of great reverence, which in Mongolia is considered a highly sacred mountain of spiritual significance, and to the sun above, he offered his respects to the spirits of the mountain around him, sprayed milk into the air, and sprinkled it on the earth. Yeah, because Genghis Khan was also a shaman. He was a great shaman. He removed his girdle strap, unwinding it from his outfit, and then put it around his neck. Symbolically, by this act, he surrendered his Mongolian man's pride and expressed his submission to the gods. He removed his girdle strap, unwinding it from his outfit, and then put it around his neck. Hmm, I see. Interesting. Got yoked by the spirits. Okay. He took off his hat, crossed his hand across his chest, and knelt in obeisance nine times, offering worship to the sun and the mountain. I'm just saying, if we look at Islam, they they face a certain way and pray, right, when they pray. So that direction they face is the world axis. Back in the day, that was usually the highest fucking mountain in the area you lived and and if it wasn't a mountain, or let's say before it became a mountain, it was probably a volcano. Okay. He spent, I'm just saying because if you just look at nature, if you just look at geography, if you just look at stories, in a very simple, natural, when I say natural, I'm saying naturistic way. Like yeah, they would say the moon came 
up from behind the mountains over there, so the moon must live in those mountains. Just, you know, putting it simply in story form for fucking kids to be entertained. It's basically like geography got turned into directions, got turned into... Okay. Or, or, uh... There are spirits all around us, and for some reason, modern-day humans can't see them. I wonder why. <laughs> huh? What is Fauci putting in all of us, in all these kids, huh? What is Fauci putting in all of us? Okay. He spent three days on the mountain offering prayers and thus established a strong bond of spirituality with the mountain and derived special strength from it. Yeah, I mean, even even now, when you look at a big-ass mountain, what is it about just a big-ass mountain that you just kind of feel something in its presence? Is it because you're projecting yourself on this big-ass mountain and then looking at it, and hence you're standing in awe of your own projection? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. In the secret history of the Mongols, Genghis Khan, who later became the world conqueror, believing in his own destiny, said, Interesting. Destiny is destiny is a big thing for shamans. Anyways, he took off his hat. Okay, he said, I went up Mount Burkhan, though I was frightened and ran like an insect. I was shielded by Mount Burkhan Khaldun. I will honor Burkhan Khaldun with sacrifices every morning and pray to it every day. My children and my children's children's children shall be mindful of this. Interesting. I wonder what he saw on that mountain. Huh? Did he meet Moses? Did he? <laughs> okay. Genghis Khan then started his campaign to unify the land and people of Mongolia as a strong force. He gave the Burkhan Khaldun the status of a royal sacred mountain. The history is chronicled in the Secret History of the Mongols, which UNESCO recognized in 1990 as a literary creation of of outstanding universal significance. In this document, Burkhan Khaldun is described in detail and mentioned 27 times, which signifies the unique position of the mountain in Mongolia's heritage. This document establishes the authenticity of the site, stating, The origin of Genghis Khan is Borte Chino presented, predestined by the... Let me read that again. The origin of Genghis Khan is... Berte Chino, predestined by the propitious heaven. His spouse was Guamaral. They crossed the Tengus and settled in the Mount Burkan Khaldun, upstream of the Onan River, where Bata Chigan was born to them. When Toguril Khan set out, as he was approaching in the direction of the Burgi Escarpment, of the Karulan River on the southern side of okay
my thing is like all these UNESCO World Heritage sites. Who decides these sites are special? And and like how come? I'm just saying, it feels like these people might know some stuff we don't, because they go around like protecting these places. So obviously, it's like they probably okay. Religious significance. Burkhan Khaldun has a spiritual significance unmatched by any other mountain in Mongolia and is given the symbolic status of the cradle of Mongolia's nationhood, fully representing the heritage and traditional ways of life of nomadic people of Mongolia. The unconfirmed Mongolian belief that Genghis Khan was born here and is buried somewhere in this mountain has added to its sanctity, particularly since Khan offered worship here and declared the mountain as the most sacred in the country. It has given authenticity to the spiritual nature of the mountain. As a result, regular pilgrimage is undertaken by the people to the three sacred major ovus or stone cairns at the sacred sites along a specified route where Mongolian shamanic worship is offered. The, spe the specified route is unique and covers main ovu of heaven at the pinnacle of the mountain via Gorvan Koryud, three forbidden precincts, and Udmod, two trees of entrance. The two trees of entrance? What? What? The Bosco Tengerin Dava threshold pass of heaven the catchment of the Carolin river and the sacred bogd rivers and finally to the belin ovu anyways this is this is central asia basically and this is where i think a lot of history went down that uh I think if 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 anything there was some origin point in Central Asia I think high higher point from high to low so basically from high up in the mountains we came down low to the low valleys you can see the symbolism spread from the top of Tibet down to the tip of India, South India. So I'm saying there, I think there was probably some central point in Central Asia, beginning point in Central Asia, and a beginning point in South Africa. Okay, and the two met right there in Egypt, Middle East, Israel, Europe, that whole area. That's basically the inflection meeting point of Europe, Africa, and Asia. So, if we are ants on lily pads, then uh, we, we were traveling all over. And yeah, see over here, Genghis Khan says, I went up Mount Burkhan, though I was frightened and ran like an insect. 
Yeah, we are ants, and the mountain is the anthill. <sighs> and I mean, honestly, like this this uh, reality, let's say this dimension is pretty simple. You have geography, Gaia, that, and if if let's say you are a hardcore deterministic scientist, then there you go. There's your matter right there. But uh, I feel like this whole th thing doesn't take place without. <sighs> so there's no point for an object if there's no subject, right? Right? I mean, if let's say it was all just, there was no living creature, let's say. It was all just plants. I mean, do you need just plants to be there by itself? <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. So it's like you do not get the picture on the outside of the puzzle box without all the puzzle pieces, right? I mean, you. Then what's the point of putting a picture on that puzzle box? It could just be a postcard. Then that that's that's different. So, I'm like I keep saying, and I'm just repeating what other people have said in the past, is just that this reality, this dimension, this planet, it's just, uh, it's very interesting, man. I, I don't know, <laughs> I mean, it could be Inception, just different dimensions of reality, I mean, when you're sleeping, your consciousness is in a different dimension, right? All your thoughts taking place in your head are happening in a different dimension. So, I I don't know, but uh, I got more questions. I keep searching, and I find answers. If I find good answers, I share, I share them. So, that's all I can do, and... Um, I don't know what all this is leading up to, but I'm just kind of looking at him and seeing what patterns come up and see if there's anything you can learn from history because you can always learn from history. Just All right, I'll leave it at that piece.